Fall jackets are so cool. I, I mean, normally people have a couple of fall jackets. Mm-hmm. Like you got leather. Yeah. You got like some other zippy yeah. bullshit. Yeah. The light jacket. I'm like, that's, I'm all about it. And now but. we're going straight to pigs in a blanket. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> this is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. Today we're double fisting Modelo's and eating tacos. Don't forget about the Lagunitas. And drinking Lagunitas. There goes our sponsor. You know what? We should start drinking two beers. You think? Three different brands. <laughs> Let's just throw everything at the wall. Let's yeah. just, just as much as we can. <laughs> Today right. we have a, a variety yeah. pack. We're having some Wonder Bread. We're having, yeah, everything. Wonder Bread's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> I don't want, I don't even want Wonder Bread. You don't want bread. the sponsorship? No. Bread, okay. the, the bread, the bread okay. game has stepped up since we were kids. <laughs> and anyone that says they, that Wonder Bread's good is just an idiot. There's nothing good about Wonder Bread. It's disgusting. It's for the birds, literally. <laughs> Nice, nice, nicely done. Yeah, nicely done. All right, we should just get into stuff. I mean, yeah. we are counting down. We I got know. two weeks left till President Trump takes over that White House <laughs> and gold plates the front door. Okay. Um, the topics I have tonight kind of center around. I mean, I guess they they deal with foreign policy, right? So um, it's not Trump specific, but we can. How about this? I'm going to give you some topics. And we're going to think about how the, our candidates might approach okay. dealing with them. Great. Okay? So the first topic uh, I want to bring up is that today, um, Rodrigo Duterte, who is the president of Philippines, stated... I'm over uh, this guy. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Listen, listen, listen. That he stated that he wanted all foreign troops out of his country yeah. within probably two years. Uh, and that he is willing and actually indeed demanding that the U.S. renegotiate the base agreements that they have that obtain right now in the Philippines. Right. All right. So it's a sort of pivot away from America. And uh, he said this, by the way, in Japan. Right. So it's this very uh, sensitive situation for the Japanese who are a U.S. ally that have a number of bases there and so on. Um, and so the Japanese welcomed him. Yeah. Um, and they said nice things actually about him making overtures to the Chinese and so on. Yeah. Um, in, but because he said he'd kind maybe kind of back them with the whole South China Sea Island thing, Mm. the Japanese position. So he's kind of in a precarious situation himself, right? So he kind of has to pick, is it Japan or is it China? that he's pivoting to, Mm -hmm. he's trying to have it both ways. The U.S. is, of course, you know, balking at this, saying that this is uh, a longstanding relationship that should stay intact, and he's being reckless in his speech and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So so you said you're over this guy. Why are you over this guy? I'm just sick of hearing him. No one cares (laughs) about the Philippines. Right now we have. What are you talking about? <laughs> we have bigger, we have bigger just, things to worry it's about. Just a than preposterous the statement. Oh, no one cares about the Philippines. Yeah, I don't. Like Great him argument because he's like because we have Donald Trump. We don't need another loudmouth from another country being covered in our media. I'm over him. Okay, we have he, our hands full here. He's a loser. He's okay. So he's he's a loudmouth and he's also a big actor. He's killed something like four thousand people. Yeah, since, he's, he's since he's taken power. Yeah. Right. Think about that. He's, he's this sort of ruthless drug war that he's that he's launched. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of known for that. That's kind of why he got elected when he's he was a, a mayor. Bag. Right. So he's uh, got all these, you know, extrajudicial, yeah. extrajudicial killing squads and so on. But here's the thing. Um, 
do you know what the relationship is between the Philippines and the U.S. and how it developed and all that? Yeah, totally, man. Okay. What do you know? No. What questions might you have? <laughs> why, don't we, why, don't you yeah, yeah. why don't you just sum it up for our listeners? Okay, that don't okay, know. okay, okay. So this comes from 1898, right? Our relationship with them right. because of the Spanish American War, right? So during the Spanish American War, um, we uh, helped to, quote, liberate Cuba from the Spanish Empire um, after that. So that was in 1898. Okay. We defeated them. Um, with the Cuba situation in 1901, something was called the Platt Amendment, which basically said that, yes, Cuba is liberated, they're independent. However, whatever they do has to go through U.S. Congress in the future, right? So it's liberation, but also control, mm -hmm. right? So there's this control. Uh, that's also how we acquired Puerto Rico. The Spanish Empire also controlled the Philippines. So the U.S. wanting to show uh, its naval might went through Hawaii and went all the way to the Philippines and attack the Philippines to attack the Spanish who were there. Mm -hmm. The Spanish basically cut a deal with the U.S. saying that we will not fight you, we will not fire upon you, so long as you take care of the nationalist movement that is in the Philippines that has been trying to struggle for independence even before you got here. The U.S. says no. These independence rebels fight anyway. Um, they fight the Spanish, then they end up fighting the U.S. for the next 13 years, all right? So yeah. we control the Philippines, and they essentially become a U.S. colony, and we grant them independence in 1946, all right? So they're, they get independent. They're literally uh, a U.S. colony, effectively, right? So... Um, Did not know this. Yeah, yeah. So they're controlled by the U.S., and this is part of a whole... It's, it's like technology at work. It's because the U.S. needs increased coaling stations throughout yeah. the Pacific, um, and when it wants to sort of project this power. And so in 46, there's independence. However, part of the independence deal was that U.S. military bases will stay perhaps in perpetuity and certainly to be, you know, they'll be re renegotiated, but it's kind of like the deal we have or we, we thought we had um, in Cuba with like Guantanamo Bay, mm -hmm. right? That you have this sort of location that is technically rented, but, you know, it's for a nominal fee and it's kind of forever. What Duterte is saying now I is that it. this is no more. He wants that, us out. That, yeah, that actually that, you know, he's kind of summoning this anti-colonial uh, yeah. view that, you know, the U.S. is this imperial power trying to tell us what to do. Um, this has been going on for a century. And bye-bye to them. We're looking for um, somebody who is perhaps more sympathetic to us. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I'm, I, I kind of get the argument. I kind of get wanting to get out of the orbit. We're not of, leaving. Of somebody who we're not, we're not leaving. You don't think so? You can't get rid of us. Okay, so let's let's let's. No, you can't get rid of. I want I want to just pose. The, <laughs> I would oppose the question. How would how do you think Hillary, Hillary Clinton would approach this problem versus Donald Trump? Um, I actually think they're going to both kind of be on the same side of this one. I, I don't think either one of them are going to move the base. You know, I think the one thing we have. <laughs> that both of these people pride themselves. I mean, if anything, Donald Trump wants to rebuild the military, so you know where he's going with that. Uh, there would be no signs of weakness, but she's a hawk. She's not, I mean... I, I she's also a diplomat, right? Yeah, but I think she'll find a, a, a different way. Maybe, maybe we will pay some sort of a tax or something, but they're not leaving. I mean, that is, that's prime real estate to, to strike the Asian countries when we 
go to war. <laughs> well, okay. So like you can't give that up. That's so, uh, that's giving that's giving away huge uh leverage. Right. So when uh the Obama administration had their whole uh, pivot to Asia yeah. uh, program, um the Philippines was kind of a linchpin on this, right? It was that there's that sort of presumed that the Philippines would be a reliable ally with all these bases. The you know the the question is does that does that sort of retain a colonial role that you know, you guys don't want the bases, but guess what? We're going to keep them of anyway, course, and we're just going to use force. Of course, I'm not. I'm not defending that. I think it's right. It just is. It's just mm. now. It's not something like we're not leaving Cuba. We're not leaving the Philippines. We're not. Most of our bases we're keeping, uh, the, especially with how unstable the world feels. Maybe it's not unstable. Maybe it's just all the media and and politicians scaring us. But it feels like at any moment, shit can go down. And I, if that's real, the only way we win is having all these bases where we can strike people. I mean, it's horrible. And we're talking about potential, you know, like mass destruction. But we're, we're made to think China is this huge threat to us. And, and they're like the other superpower that maybe inevitably one day we're going to go to blows with. And you could never the one thing we have is we're so protected by by pure landscape like there's no one close to us that can hit us and that's like that one thing we have but the counter to that we're everywhere and that's a huge that's a, those are that's, those are huge flexing powers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so effectively it doesn't ma- in in this respect it also, doesn't really matter you, who gets elected in your view no it doesn't matter and also if you leave i mean i don't know i mean it, the Chinese are building fake islands. Like, you know, they're, they're being very aggressive mm-hmm. in their own right. It's not like we, there's, there's, it's uneasy right now. It's the worst possible time to even think about leaving. So I kind of get it. I think it sucks, but he's also a scumbag and he can't be taken seriously either. He's a Trump. So it's, you know, he's picking a fight. I, he'll be gone at some point. Well, yeah, but, but the, just like Trump, he can arouse a nationalism that won't necessarily go away with him. Right? Yeah. I I don't know. Honestly, if I were the president, I would just say, we'll have to work something out, but you ain't getting rid of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's have some of our respective beers. I'm double-fisted. next topic mm. so um terminator terminator syndrome you heard of that term um i mean i've heard terminator yeah i've heard terminator right. okay good favorite good. 90s movie yes great movie great movie which is your favorite let's just talk about terminator, terminator? For the rest of the i podcast. think i like two i like two. two better than one two two is the one where the guy turns into liquid and everything no that's terminator three is that three that's three okay terminator two is when arnold schwarzenegger comes back but he's a good guy. Yeah, and he's fighting basically himself. Right, right, right. So I like three. You like three? Yeah. Yeah, that dude, like, you blow him up, and then right. he, like, is a puddle of metal and yes, turns back in. Exactly. That guy was amazing, yeah. too. Yeah, he was so scary. What happened to that guy? He was so scary. That's two? No. I guess saying that's I, two. I, I thought that was two. Right, Fuck. Right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't see anything after two. I didn't see the new ones. I think I saw three. 
Because Arnold Schwarzenegger is like this old ass Terminator now. It's yeah. Like, I, I can't buy it. <laughs> like, like they don't have technology to make your skin young. It's just to me, it doesn't work. Like they don't make old robots right, that are like right. new and improved. Right. Right. So I, I can't get behind it. Old. So so speaking of robots. Um, Wait, how about how much uh, Jeet hates? The Terminator? No, hates what's his face? Uh, <laughs> James Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. We, we, never, we didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. you're not you're not a uh, what was that Avatar? You're not an Avatar person. Avatar. Um, I'm guessing you didn't like the Titanic. The Titanic. The aliens. <laughs> first alien is so good. That's he true. He, he screwed up alien. alien. Yeah. Well, now we learned something new about G. Okay. Okay. Anti Cameron. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, so back to the Terminator. Um, yeah. So. In 2012, the uh, I remember reading this a while ago, and I just looked it up again just to jog my memory. There was a Defense Department uh, memo or directive on something called uh, autonomy and weapon systems. And what that essentially means is that since 2012, the uh, Department of Defense and uh, DARPA, their research agency, have been developing weapons that are either semi-autonomous or fully autonomous, which is to say um, there's some human interaction in the use of them for the semi-autonomous ones, and then for the autonomous ones, they're fully operational by themselves, okay. which is to say killer robots. Robot war. Right, yeah. okay. So, um, it's about time. Right, okay. So right now what's going on is that uh, artificial intelligence, the, that research in that field, is being sort of militarized, right? So um, you're, oh you're, you basically you have these uh, programs. Right now, it's a three billion dollar program, which is not that big. No, um, you know, that's, the, that's nothing. The, if, the annual budget for the Pentagon is five hundred billion, so three billion is not that much. However, it's three billion out of the eighteen billion ad- allocated uh, allocated just for research. Right. So that's kind of significant. It's not nothing, right? I got you. Um, and so. Essentially, what's what's going on here is that we're getting. I mean, I th- one thing is it's a big switch, and there's a lot of ethicists that are talking about this. And there's kind of two views one can take. One, if you take it historically, uh, a lot of the fears and attacks on the use of this new technology would have been the same things that would have been said about uh, the new weapons of World War One and World War Two. Right. Right. So, sort of industrial warfare. Chemical weapons, flamethrowers, tanks, machine guns, and stuff like that, that this is sort of unethical. You're unleashing machine warfare, and that's not right, right? Um, So those arguments were were, were there. So now we're in a post-industrial age, and it's sort of digital warfare, the big difference being that um, not only is warfare now possibly sort of remote, but without even sort of remote control, right? That the the idea is that you just sort of send um, a robot. So they've tried this once, right? So they tried this. Uh, they did a trial run in Connecticut at some airfield. Connecticut. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So so and so basically, <laughs> what they did. So all the drones we've had so far are piloted, right, by some you know far away. But there there's a human being with a joystick and deciding everything, right? Here. Obviously, the human beings creating the technology, but once the drone takes flight, it decides who to shoot, when to shoot, when to kill, Whoa. everything, right? Um, That's amazing. And so they create, and it was very interesting, the, the, the imagery that they created to, to figure out if this drone is thinking properly. Yeah. They created a, quote, Arab town with a mosque and stuff like that. 
Um, and this is what it had to navigate. So in this scenario in Connecticut, in, in the town that they've created, the, the drone, this autonomous drone, mistook a minaret of the mosque for a person and fired. Yeah. On the other hand, it was able to detect with real precision somebody who was hiding within the shadows behind a wall that no sort of human being could possibly see because you don't have that sort of eagle eye and 180-degree um, view and was able to detect that. So it's kind of a bit of both, right? Um, the, the the Defense Department has a term for this. Eventually, they, they don't want necessarily to... Well, oh, so here's, here's, here's the, here's the uh, conundrum. So on the one hand... There's this fear, of course, as if you unleash literally killer robots that decide for themselves when to kill <laughs> things. You know, you can imagine things could go wrong, right? Yeah. Um, on the other hand, so so there's a there's a wing in the Defense Department saying, no, don't do this, don't do this. Um, and it's actually within the scientists, right? Yeah. So the scientists this summer they published a report on autonomy and warfare, and. Uh, they're arguing for it that basically that there's new threats emerging from the Chinese and the Russians who are catching up, if not overtaking us on technological capability. Uh, and therefore, we need to do this, right? And hundreds of other scientists wrote an open letter to the Defense Department saying that this will unleash a massive new arms race where artificial intelligence, who has the best artificial intelligence, uh, is going to be the sort of superior power and human beings are going to sort of, literally, you're sort of writing yourself out of the, you know, the, the, the war fighting, right? So that's the conundrum, right? To do it, right, is, is to uh, address perhaps threats that are emerging. Um, um, and, uh, but to do it also is to perhaps create the Terminator, Right, <laughs> right, which is which is you know has its own issues. Um, I don't know. It, it, this is this is something that's uh, it's, it's already should, happening. We it's gotta happening. do this. Well, this is amazing. They oh so so this is what I want to say. Deal. Oh, wait, let me just say one thing. So the the because the, they got this interesting term for this that so right now um, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has basically said we're not going to do just totally autonomous. We're going to do semi-autonomous, and what they call this is centaur warfighting, right? Nice. Sort of half half man, you know, half horse thing, Love. right? So it's that that's you know, cool, yeah, right. So so that it's you know it's going to be um, uh, basically harnessing computational power of these computers and stuff like that and bring them together with the strategic thinking of a human being. So yeah. the computer's got all the tactics and a way better tactician because you know, they can think about all sorts of eventualities and pick the best one. And yeah. the But overall strategy, maybe not so much. Right? Yeah. So you bring those two together and you've oh, got man. this un unbeatable thing. I am thing, all right? in on this. I am doubling down and I want to rock and roll. Really? Absolutely. So you're willing to... Un so, so Unleash hell, baby. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Because here's why. we It's too late. We have crossed that line with technology. There's no turning back. If we don't do it, well, there's people who are literally saying turn back. No, 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 no. I'm saying turning back's not. We're not capable of turning back. We've kind of opened up. Uh, we've opened it up, and we we see the possibilities. It's not happening. We're not going back. We are in an age of instant knowledge, and I think it's a mistake to not at least be pursuing this because okay. you know, you know, the Russians, the Chinese, everyone else is all over this. 
And and if we sit back and we debate it too much without at least progressing the technology, we will be screwed. And I kind of like the idea of the uh, that half man, half horse guy going out there <laughs> kicking some ass. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I'm so, into this. So th- there's like a, a cup again. But I'm cu- also into cloning. I would like another me in a in a little like glass water thing where if I needed a leg, I would cut it off of the me that's growing. So I'm a I'm a horrible person when it comes to this. I would love a me floating around that could be like my hairline's receding. I need that new hairline right. put on. I would love that. I, I'm sad that I'm never going to see that world where I could live to be like 300. <laughs> Why not 350? Why not? Yeah, I yeah. love that. We're screwed. Yeah. People are going to be able to do that, and we're not. And you're sitting here debating if we should. We should do it all. I want to put my brain. I want my. I want to freeze my brain so they could bring it out in five hundred years and put on one of these horseman bodies that you're talking about. So, so I'll go back like a so horse warrior, even, even like the dumbest, because I'd be so much dumber than everybody else. But I'm okay with that. Okay, okay, just for a moment. Let me just put. Did this. you see that? There's a Russian guy that's going to get a head transplant. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> That's you have no idea the body that I would pick out. That's intense. Yeah. If I could. It yeah. wouldn't be this one. <laughs> Nobody wants to see this body. Let that body die. Um, okay. So I shower with my clothes on. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. So let me just say this. You're really against uh, this though, right? I, I'm pretty much way, way against this, right, as you can imagine. Um, but so the the Pentagon directive itself that that was published and that has been repeated in this summer report by this, the scientific group, um, says that if and when these uh, autonomous weapons are deployed, they must, quote, employ um, appropriate levels of human judgment. This shit is Westworld. What does that mean? Westworld. <laughs> You've been watching this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're talking about okay. here. Appropriate levels of human judgment. So who... Whose judgment? What? What is... Can that be, because basically you have to sort of quantify that in order to put it into code um, in a given situation, right? That appropriateness. Um, I don't know what that means. We, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. So that, I mean, that's obviously the X factor here, right? Is that, I'm is a, that we're still working out the details, okay? <laughs> okay. No, we're not, we're, right. we're not on reason yet. We're right. just on killing right now. We'll figure that out later. Well, it has to be on reason, right? Because these things are going to kill on their own decision. Essentially, the idea is that you will program a robot, a drone, whatever you think, to complete a mission, right? So the human being puts inputs the mission, right? This is the mission. This is so scary. The robot will figure out how to execute that mission, Oh, right? So that's the difference, right? As opposed to what we've got now where we have robots, but we're controlling them in real time. Um, here it's, you know, they have a mission program, they're going to do it. And that's that. I think both candidates, since we're, we said we would say how we both mm-hmm. thought candidates, mm-hmm. I think both candidates, I think Donald Trump's hundred percent for this. I think, I think Hillary is secretly for it. Secretly for it. Publicly. We'll, oh, we'll public pull, private pull the, position I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'll pull the reins on it. She won't take my, my approach, which is balls All wall, systems go. and roll. Uh, but it's pretty for someone that kind of enjoys a little war now and then it's kind of a great a great uh new weapon well i mean the other thing of course is that the argument for i mean it's interesting what what would the defense department become 
a hundred years from now say it won't be Fucking necessary. nerds, man. Yeah, exactly. It'll be actually programmers. It won't actually be people who nerds fight. will always win. Yeah, there's a fucking Amit robot that's way cooler <laughs> than you. That's like kicking in doors and fucking and slapping babies and whatever, shooting minarets. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You in or you out? I'm out. Good. I'm out. I'll see you from my remote control. <laughs> when I'm taking you. <laughs> Let's get more beer. Yeah. Ever since I started watching Westworld, I'll be like walking down the street and I'm like, yo, I'm not even real. <laughs> they fucking programmed yeah. me to have. I'm just a they, figment of uh, Anthony Hopkins' imagination. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, I'm like, if we are in Westworld, it's fucked up that they gave me all these learning disabilities. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Why can't I be like the cool, like, yeah, warrior? Right, right. It's not fair. All right, topic number three. Topic number three okay. Trump uh, winning. The presidency. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe the polls. I have not met a person that's not voting for him. All right. Do you want to talk? Let's just talk about Trump. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, said that to, I said that to a lady today on the subway. Really? And she looked at me like, what did she crazy. say? She just She's looked like, at me and started laughing. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Trump. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like. Everyone else is talking about Trump. Right. Exactly. I, so we're I, talking about fucking robots. We're talking about robots. Trump's going to be in charge of. We're, we're talking about the Philippines. <laughs> maybe maybe robots will be sent to the Philippines. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about the ICC, the International Criminal Court. Okay. Have you, have you heard of this thing? So So it's been around not very long, just since it's it was chartered in 1995, but at first cases started in 2003. So okay. you know, 13 years old. Um, one of the things that has come up recently with the ICC is that uh, not only Kenya um, and Sudan, but also South Africa have started saying that they are likely, there's going to be a meeting of the African Union, mm -hmm. um, and they're likely going to press certainly their countries, if not a large coalition within the African Union to depart from the ICC. Okay. Okay. Um, and so the ICC is where it's kind of like the court of last resort, right? You know, it's sort of people who are for crimes against humanity and things like that, um, and that they've sort of escaped justice in their countries, or often they're the leaders of their countries, so they're above the law and so on. So this is the, supposed to be the court that is supposed to administer uh, international norms for uh, war crimes and things like that, right? Their charge... Um, is that so in its 13 years, every single one of the prosecutions by the ICC has been against African countries. All right. So there's 10 open um, investigations right now. And, and the most recent one is, is the country of Georgia, um, former communist state. Um, but the other nine are all African. Wow. All right. So their argument is that this is actually not an international criminal court but this is a court for Africans, right? That it's a sort of uh, justice system that has focused solely on Africa. Um, and there were attempts, people brought charges against, say, um, there's one instance with, where British soldiers in Afghanistan uh, were charged with indiscriminately killing civilians. And the court declined to take that case, right? So um, 
And the other argument, of course, is that one major country is not a signatory in the ICC. Mm -hmm. You know which one that is? No. You guess? Us. Right? <laughs> so, so we um, basically, and it's interesting, so when this, this came out today, and, and the U.S. State Department said, you know, they were chagrined that, that African countries would not, you know, uh, would think about leaving the ICC and, you know, they should respect its jurisdiction and maybe flawed, but, you know, it's, it's better than no justice whatsoever. Meanwhile, the U.S. has not and probably will never be part of this international criminal justice system because the argument being that it, it touches our sovereignty, right? That why should some court in The Hague, uh, be deciding the fate of, say, a U.S. soldier who did something, sure. right? Um, sure. Or a U.S. We, politician. We'd never like go that. for it. Right, exactly, right? So their argument, you know, the, the, the African argument, if I can say, or the, the people in Africa who want to depart are basically saying that this is targeted against Africans and that the sort of big players of the world escape the justice, right? Right. So, so the whole thing is kind of a sham, Um and so that they should leave. The, the counter argument, of course, is that there are terrible things that have happened with African leaders, right? And and um, uh, and that's because I mean, there's a whole host of reasons why that, that that's the case. But there have been a lot of civil wars there. There's been you know genocides there, um, and therefore to turn a blind eye to that, just uh, to you know maybe go after a couple bad soldiers for one army mm -hmm. um, is kind of throwing out the baby with the bathwater, right? Sure. So, so that's the counter. What do you think? Do you think, first of all, do you think the U.S. should be a signatory to this? That we, should, we, should we back <laughs> the notion that there is an international uh, regime that every country is subject to? Ugh. I hate when you ask me these questions. No. Why? I, I would end. I would. I'm with them. They should pull out. I'm cool with this thing going away. I'm good. Why? I think this is an easy. This one's easy because they're right. I mean, it, it's not. It's only for certain people. It's for. It's for bad guys that don't really have power. Like the real bad guys. They're not. They're not ever going to be brought to justice in this court. It's not real unless everyone's accountable. It, it's a bro it's already a broken system. So do you think the Nuremberg trials after World War II were unjust? That it was a sort of victor's justice? No. Why? I, I'm not saying it doesn't. When it, when it works, it works. I don't think that innocent people are being uh, judged in this court. I'm, what I'm saying is if the rules aren't the same for everybody, it's broken. So... You know, there there are people that might say President Bush or Dick Cheney should be brought up on some criminal war crimes, but that's not going to happen. So if 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 we know that we can never have a leader here that we would allow to be brought up on charges in a court that other nations can be, why why are we talking? About so it? well, I I, mean, I, was, I want, I'm bringing up Nuremberg because that's often seen as. This sort of moment where you know justice was meted out correctly, right? Yeah. Is that we took that we didn't blame every German, but we took the the Nazi elite sure. and put them on trial Great. for you know the desk murderers and so on, right? Um, the but that's after the, we fucking literally had exactly. a world war, right? And we we won, we took it over. There there was not 
Th- that well, was not a peaceful uh, capturing somebody. It wasn't like a hey, we all agree. We're gonna, it was like people died. Like we went there and 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 fought a, a horrible war to get these people. And and then the court works because unanimously we all got involved and we won and they were going to be tried. So. So that's I can I think that's the point is that is it just about who wins right who's running the court right so because the well, counter the, the counter because the counter to that could be that yeah well we incinerated cities right? sure so we we blew away in addition to Hiroshima and Nagasaki we destroyed sixty four Japanese cities sure not to mention everything that we did in Germany sure right uh, not to mention what havoc the Soviet army. Uh, I get it. Wrought upon all of Eastern Europe on its way to Germany. I'm right. Da- I get it. So uh, the the question then is that is the idea of some sort of international norms governing you know warfare and what people can do to their populations if you're there in power um, a sort of mythical ideal that should just be sort of dispensed and sort of say that's never going to happen and we just have to sort of say yes. International relations are anarchic, and and that's it. Um, or do you try to get as many people on board as possible? Uh, to I mean, create- I mean, if you have African countries that want to pull out of this thing, who are more directly uh, involved than we are, that says a lot, doesn't it? Right. So let me just say this: the the ICC has publicly indicted thirty nine people. Okay, all of them are African. Right. And Africans want to pull out. Mm-hmm. Does that say a lot? Like, I'm assuming most of them were bad guys, and yet they still don't want to be involved with this. I mean, South Africa, which doesn't have a fucking crazy dictator that's not killing people, they want out. That says a lot. Like, it's, it's a system that clearly is one-sided and works when it works. Yeah, so, I mean, they're basically ar- arguing, you know, this is racial profiling on a global scale. It's kind of right? like the UN, right? Like, when... When, when we attacked Iraq, the UN didn't didn't vote that we should do that, mm-hmm. but we did it. So that's people's argument against the UN is that it's bullshit. It doesn't really work. But the UN is one of those things that I I do like it. I think the, that it you have conversations which can get something done, and and you and you can kind of see where your support is. So I think it makes sense. But again. I, people who argue against the UN, they're not totally wrong because at the end of the day, the, the, the people who have the most power don't really need to listen. It's kind of an honor system, right? Mm-hmm. And if people are honoring it over and over and over again, at some point, the, all the countries that are honoring it, even if they have more to lose, it's kind of just like, well, why are we wasting our time here? Like, you guys are just going to go in and kill the bad guys never anyway if you want to. If, they, if it gets to a point where they need to be taken out, you're just going to kill them anyway. So you're going to drone them and... Who get we? You know that's the new that's the new international court is drones. We get you in your sleep. There's no real trial. Or terminators. We, yeah, yes. or fucking yes. robots. Yes, that's uh, why I like robots. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's it's interesting, right? So, what do you think? I I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of off two minds on this. Idealistically, I would like, you know, a collective agreement um, that has some sort of enforcement mechanism, some sort of consequence. So, for instance, like. It's it's a weird thing, right? So uh, the the ways to think about this is on the one hand, if you make it a legal agreement, right? What the, what's called a convention, 
which has the force of law of a treaty. So there's something called the Genocide Convention that we have in 1948, uh-huh. right? Which basically describes what genocide is, and if you're a signatory to it, and you, you've identified that a genocide is going on somewhere in the world, it could be your countries, wherever, you have to act if you're a signatory, Understood. right? So the guy who backed that is this guy named, this Polish lawyer named Raphael Lemkin, and his argument was that international law will sort of civilize the world, right? Um, and if you do that, and there's an enforcement mechanism, and people you know sign on the dotted line, then there won't be genocide anymore, right? And what history has shown is that post 48, what every major country has done has just studiously avoided using the word genocide, right? Right. So they'll say these are atrocities, Hate these crimes. are mass killings, <laughs> these are you know terrible things. But the way to sort of get around actually having to do anything is just don't use the word, right? Because there's tons of genocide going on. Right, right. So All over you know, this was this is sort of famous with you know Bill Clinton. He used every word but genocide when describing Rwanda, you know, when he was in power, right? right? Because the US is a signatory, right? So so that's I mean, I'm I'm kind of like cynical about it because I know even when there is a legal agreement, it doesn't people matter. lawyer it and get around it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, on the other hand, to do nothing and say there should be no norms and anything goes and well, I'm not um, saying that. I'm just saying I'm sensitive to the people that want out. I, I'm not an anything goes person at all. I'm just arguing that I under I, I sympathize with the people that don't think it's fair because right. it's not fair. Right. Right. And I'm lucky to be on this side of the pond where yeah. we don't give a fuck and I'm protected and I get to sit here on a podcast talking shit, <laughs> drinking beer. And not giving a fuck. And that sucks. But I sympathize with those people that are like, yeah, you guys get to do that. We don't get to do that. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Who's going to win? Hillary. You know that the polls are very, they're closing. Very close. They're not. We're about a four point difference right here. That's what polls what have seen. you been watching? I've been. I watch Fox News only. What do you watch? <laughs> He's up by four, right? And I follow uh, Trump yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Do you follow him on Instagram? By the way, it's, I do. It's amazing. I'm not on Instagram. On on, on Twitter. Everything. Go yeah. on Instagram too. It's like yeah. these big pictures of Riley. It's like we're winning. We're up ten <laughs> points. And I'm like, what? The, this guy just makes shit. Up. Yeah. Well, he's 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 sandbagging. So when he loses, he can say it was rigged. Right? Yeah. It's like you know. Oh, that's like, the yeah. new talking point. Yeah. It's, it's all rigged. Yeah. It's all rigged. Yeah. Probably is. I'm about far. <laughs> all right. This is No Politics at the Turntable, produced by Jeep Betaroy. Two week, two podcasts left until the world is ending. <laughs> Possibly. And Possibly. We're, I think we're going to go live that night. We will. Yeah. We will. We're going to get like, it's going to, oh my God, the yeah. end of that podcast is going to, it's going to be insane. one of two extremes. What if it becomes like a Florida situation or something, you know? Wow. Then we get to really keep the podcast going for a long time. I'm for that. It could be another month. It's all G once. All right. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.